Thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, an hour to come to you live every week. Local show. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, talk about what's going on. You know, the intersection of uh, our faith and the news and all the things that are going on. We try to give it a local uh, angle. I uh, love to talk about things that are happening here, right here in North Texas. These are interesting times. Uh, my name is Dave Palmer. Her name is Cecil Anderson. How you doing, Cecil? I'm doing well, thank you. Cecil came in today all tanned, and uh, <laughs> you had a, a good weekend out in the uh, the water, huh? Yes, yes. I got to go to Lake Bridgeport over the weekend, which was lovely. I'm kind of store up on my tan before winter comes, and I turn a yellow color. Am <laughs> <laughs> I the only one who yeah. experiences this problem? <laughs> yeah, I, I love going out in the water. That that There's something therapeutic and just mm. fun, and uh, you did the ski-do. What are they called? Uh, yeah, uh, sea-do. Sea-do, yeah. yeah. yeah those was, things are fun. They are fun. Therefore, my body is regretting everything i did this week and i'm very yeah, sore <laughs> that's all right Don't, yeah all right well good to see you and i know you had a, an event also at the church that we're going to talk about in a moment and you know last week was so much fun I, I i as i mentioned last week i didn't have a specific plan and sometimes i just kind of let things come to to me to us as far as the show topics and when i realized there was nothing specific i said let's open it up let's talk about things that are going on we talked about some of the the COVID news, we had quite a few people call in. Not everybody was agreeing with each other, which makes for a better show and a better conversation. And so we appreciate that. Uh, today, I'd love to, at least in the first half of the program, open it up for your comments and questions. And I want to read kind of a provocative tweet that was put out by Bishop Thomas Tobin. He's up in Rhode Island, but he tweeted... On August 9th, and he said, and if you have any comments about this, especially when it comes to worship and how things have changed in the way we worship and the frequency of our worship, and, you know, we had a call last week, so, you know, you got to register, you got to, I don't know if they're doing temperature checks, my, my, my parish doesn't allow that, masks. Thomas Tobin said, it is clear that on a practical level, the discipline of attending Sunday Mass is gone, just, just let that sink in. It's clear that on a practical level, the discipline of attending Sunday Mass is gone. That's a bishop speaking. Post-pandemic, we'll have to invite people back to Mass by creative outreach and by emphasizing the importance of Christian community, the Word of God, and the Holy Eucharist. All right? Mm-hmm. So that that's a bishop. That's not me speaking. So... Uh, what do you think? A lot. Of, I mean, I think there are people out there listening right now. People out there who have not been to mass in four or five months. I mean, they may be watching it on television, but that's not the same thing. So, if you, if you have any thought about that or how you're doing, uh, like I've said many times, my my mass has not been disrupted. I've been going. My, my family and I, thanks be to God and thanks to our, our parish and our, our our diocese, have been going to mass pretty much unchanged. Well, you know, a little social distancing, but that's about it for the last, you know, three months or so. And 
I know a lot of people, that's not, not the case. If you want to comment on that, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. The other thing I'll mention, and then I, I want to talk about some of the events that are happening, and uh, that last week we talked about COVID and some of the restrictions. there. And I played that clip from Dr. Fauci where back in March he basically said, even you know in an outbreak, that the masks are not necessary. Uh, they're more for show, he said. Uh, th- there is a story out in Nashville, Tennessee, and at-large council member Sharon Hunt said last week uh, during a, a virtual meeting, Joint Public Safety and Health Committee, that there should be stronger legislation for those not wearing masks and suggested they be charged with murder. Or, att- or attempted murder. She said that she works for an organization that uh, if they pass the virus, they have been tried for murder or attempted murder. And she thinks the same standard should be uh, applied to the general public. One other thing I'll, I'll mention. Okay, so this is going from the head of infectious disease in the whole country, you know, three months ago, four months ago, saying face masks don't really do any good. Uh, to a lady saying that somebody that doesn't wear a mask should be charged with uh, attempted murder, okay? And one, one other story that, if you have any comments on on a national level, came from the USA Today where they are in an op-ed proposing mandatory vaccines without any and any objections even religious um make vaccines free don't allow religious or personal objections and create disincentives for those who refuse vaccines shown to be safe and effective uh, this is defeat covid-19 by requiring vaccination for all it's not un-american it's patriotic they said uh that that came out on august 6th uh, USA Today op-ed. So, all right, anyways, uh, if you have any comments on that, we've got plenty of other things to talk about. Uh, you can call us, 877-757-9424, especially with worship. Uh, how are we going to get everybody back to Mass? If people are not used to going to Mass and they everything's been disrupted so much because of COVID the last few a few months, how are we going to get everybody back when this does, if it does, finally blow over? Uh, 877-757-9424. And a uh, last thing I'll say before I do, in fact, go to Sissel and we talk about uh, some events that are going on here locally, is that in the second half of the show today, because it's the second Monday of the month, we are going to have our regular YCP segment of the show and the reason we did this originally is that we really are interested in reaching out to young people because it's such a important demographic in the church and these are challenging times i can only imagine to be a young person i went to lunch i had a a, a dinner appointment last week with um, my nephew he's 24 and it's my sister's son and I, I love to t- kind of touch base with people in different age categories, just see kind of how things are going on. But anyways, uh, the YCP segment's coming up. And, you know, Jen Baugh is the uh, founder and national executive director, and she kind of splits the, the segments with her national vice president, Peter Blute. And Peter is going to be on with us via phone and they always have a guest with them as well. Their guest is actually a guy who goes to my parish, St. Mary the Virgin in Arlington, Michael Deprest. Uh, and he's going to talk about reverence in the Mass and how it's actually really good for young people. Young people are really, you know, interested. Obviously, this is painting with a, a broad brush, but interested in, you know, good liturgy, reverent liturgies. And so Peter and Michael are going to talk about that. And that's a topic where you can 
call in as well and uh, let's know what 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 is on uh, your mind. And let's see what else. That's that. I want to also mention uh, Cecil's on the the phone taking a call right now. So I'm going to mention a, a couple of things. Today is the feast day of Saint Lawrence, deacon and martyr. You know, you always hear the story of the guy who was put on the. Yeah, he was like put on the griddle or whatever, and it to, as a martyr. And then they they turned up the heat and. And then he said, I think that what that side's done. You want to go ahead and flip me over? Well, that, that's this guy, St. Saint, Saint Lawrence, deacon and martyr. Today's his feast day. He's one of the seven deacons of the city of Rome, Italy, under Pope Sixtus II. Uh, he was martyred in the persecution of the Christians that uh, the Roman Emperor, um, Emperor Valerian ordered in, in 258. So, let's see. So, the, the emperor got really mad at him, and... They decide, he decided to uh, cook St. Lawrence, and the story goes that uh, St. Lawrence cheerfully declared, I'm well done on this side, turn me over. And that, um, that is why he is the patron saint of cooks, chefs, and comedians, okay? Because anybody that can be funny while they're being martyred, I think that... that that that's a pretty good sign. You're you're pretty funny, definitely, right? Definitely. Yeah, you're being you're, you're being uh, cooked to death, and you you still have a sense of humor. I think that's a pretty good sign. All right, uh, Cecil. Let's see. Let me let me go to the caller real quick, and then I want to come to you. I promise I'm going to come to you, and you have got some <laughs> events that are going on, and definitely. there's some other things that I want to talk about uh, as well. In fact, uh, some other feast days that are going on, but I want to be. Um, honor our, our callers who take the time to call in 877-757-9424. Leslie, Celeste, Texas, calling in. How you doing, Leslie? Thank you for calling. What's, what's your comment? Awesome. Thank you. I just wanted to, it's, it's not completely thought through though at times, but what I wanted to say is this. I'm not a Catholic. I go to Episcopal. Unfortunately, our church is very small. We socially distance just on a regular day. We're so tiny. Yeah. So, of course, I don't miss. And, But I think it's so sad. I just know several people who literally just don't want to leave. And I've been friends with these people for years, and I'm afraid that's what's happening maybe at the Catholic Masses, that maybe the people really are too afraid. And I'm afraid some of this fear is misplaced, and I feel like our media has generated some fear. And I feel like he's right, we'll need to have creative outreach, but at the same time, nothing will work as long as the media continues to make these people feel so afraid. And it makes me sad for Jesus, because Jesus didn't want us to be afraid. He never said our life would be perfect. He knew there was risk. From the moment of conception, there's risk. And we have to evaluate how much risk are we willing to what, what, if our risk level is it must be nothing, then we're going to have to live in a bubble and have no human contact. And unfortunately, I'm afraid there's people who are literally having very little human contact. And that's my biggest fear, not only for the Catholic Mass, but for all those who have worships together. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks, Leslie. You're going to hang on. You're going to, you're going to hang up and listen. Do you want to, you want to go or, or stick with Whatever you want to do. I'm good. Hang on for a second. I I totally agree with you. And and first of all, thank you. I'm glad that you're listening to the station uh, as a, uh, as, as a non-Catholic Episcopalian, we're always honored that, uh, you'll, you'll spend some time listening to the Catholic radio station. But I totally agree with you. I think, and, and I, and I, I try, I try to look at this from a very 
balanced perspective. You know, I'm 53, so I'm relatively young. Uh, I'm also healthy. I think I have a good immune system. I don't have any underlying health condi- you know, situations. I don't know if I would feel like I did if I was, you know, 85 and, you know, had, you know, so I know everybody kind of has to look right, at it look from right. their perspective. But having said that, I totally agree. I, I actually go to some of these uh, more left-leaning websites like CNN and USA Today just to get kind of a frustrated laugh every day because it's all fear <laughs> all the time. It's how many cases, how many people have died, you know, uh, the, you know, people that go to events that, you know, that what they love, it, they almost relish it. They, they, if like, yes. like, 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 for example, there's this big biker event going on in Sturgis. If you've only heard about that, 250,000 people, I, uh, that had this big week long convention. And I guess a lot of these people aren't wearing masks and, I, th- I think they're just waiting, or like if, uh, for example, Herman Cain, when he passed away, God rest his soul, and the, the headline yeah. was, he had been to that Tulsa rally with President Trump. It's, a, it's almost like they're, there's like almost a little, a little joy to be able to report that, that somebody got sick, or God, God forbid somebody dies, and why did they die? Did they go to that Trump rally in Tulsa? You remember that, don't you? Yes. Yeah, it's 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 really weird, and I, it I, I is. there's way too much fear. I, I've told people I'd, I'd rather I'd rather die than live my entire life, you know, in in absolute fear. It's it, I'd rather just take chances, like you say, calculated risk. I mean, people have been doing this since the beginning of humanity, right? You have to take risks. Yes, I agree, and you're right. I I I know so one of my friends, she is so sick, actually. I'm surprised she's still alive. I totally get why she's holding up anyway. She was somewhat before this happened. But I have others who are younger than me. I'm 62. I have others who are younger than me. They don't even want to leave. And they're upset if a family member leaves. And that's sad to me. Yeah. That's sad. I, one of the things I was going to mention, I, I recorded a talk last week that's going to be offered in our upcoming Shurathon next month. And I called it the joy of hope. And the whole premise of my talk is that I think the reason why a lot of people have lost their joy is that we've lost touch with the theological virtue of hope, which means, as you know, Leslie, does, does, yes. we means that we don't put all of our eggs in this earthly, you know, um, 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 living and that we, we, we really hope for something beyond this. And, yeah. when, and when you have that perspective, I think you're willing to take more risks because you know this isn't the end of the story. And I think that's why atheists and humanists and secularists tend to be be more freaked out by all this is because this is kind of all they got in their minds. You know what I mean? Does that make yes. sense? Is it- I do. And, and it hurts me, too, when I think about the Mass as the real body and blood of Christ. He gave that for us. And I feel like it's important for us to do what we can for that. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just sad, and I hate it for all of us, and especially for the Catholic Church in particular. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are the bulwark of our of our nation and our world. And without the Roman Catholic Church, I'm afraid it all falls apart. Mm. So. Wow. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Amen. Uh, beautiful. Great call. Leslie, thanks so much. Uh, glad you're listening. Really appreciate your, your perspective, and, and God bless you. 
God bless y'all, and I appreciate y'all's perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, gosh, I'm glad uh, Leslie's out there. Uh, all right, uh, 877-757-9424. What a great call, and uh, how awesome. Oh, yeah, she was. that's so cool that she was not even Catholic. Yeah. And she, she told me on the phone that she loves listening to our station all the time. Yeah, and for her to you know talk about the Catholic Church being the bulwark. I and, know. Uh, you, you know, I, I never want to be too pushy, but you figure like, gosh, you know, she has such great respect. I was also going to do, I was almost going to tell her that our parish, you know, used to be an Episcopal church, yes, and then yes. it's a, it's a, it still has so much of the, uh, like the prayers that our, our mass mm-hmm. are different. It's totally Catholic, uh, but it, the, the, yeah. the Anglicans feel very comfortable there. So, and anyways, if Leslie's still listening, uh, St. Mary the Virgin in, in Arlington, Texas is, uh, is, our, is my parish. Maybe she can come up sometime and say, hey, I'm that Leslie that, that called. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, not that she would know who I am, but I'm <laughs> a guy that wears the cap that says, you know, the good news show, Mondays <laughs> at noon. You're going to have to get you that cap so you can wear it, you know, yeah. around for a while. I'm going to say that, that that tweet again from Bishop Tobin because mm-hmm. that's what uh, prompted her call. And if anybody wants to call in, do it quickly because we only have about 14 more minutes before we have to take a break. Uh, Bishop Thomas Tobin, who is from uh, Rhode Island, said, It is clear that on a practical level, the discipline of attending Sunday Mass is gone. Wow, just let that sink in. Post-pandemic, we'll have to invite people back to Mass by creative outreach and by emphasizing the importance of Christian community, the Word of God, and the Holy Eucharist. Um, I, anyways, that, that's, a, that's a really provocative and uh, thought-provoking uh, tweet. 877-757-9424. All right, Sissel, as promised, as usual, I keep saying Sissel's going to be giving this and this <laughs> and this. So uh, I want to ask you about a couple of things. Yeah. First of all, some events that are going on, uh, inclu- including one that you have been going, you went to, I think, in the last few days at yes. your parish, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And also, I want you to highlight Friday's Young and Present show. So can you kind of sure. t- okay. take on those two things? I'll start with the past. We'll go okay. with what I did over the weekend. So for a while, my parish, uh, St. Philip the Apostle in Louisville, has been working to get a good college and young adult program started, um, a good ministry for that age group. And um, that's a hard age group anyway, I feel like, mm-hmm. to get people to come to, especially in the suburbs. When yeah. You know, young people tend to be in the city. Um, so we weren't sure when we started this. We were going to have a kickoff meeting um, on fr- Saturday evening, and we're like, we hope maybe five new people show up that we've yeah. never seen before. And by the grace of God, we had 40 people sign up oh, and wow. show up. That's which great. is really insane. That's probably the biggest event for young adults that we've ever had at this parish, which is so beautiful. So we're super thankful for that. And that was an in-person event. And it was also wonderful that people were willing to, it's kind of awkward, you know, you have to wear your mask and you, we still did icebreakers and try to make everyone feel comfortable. We kind of put on our whiteboard, awkward is the new cool, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta, we just got to push through it. But the fact that that many people showed up just show that there was a want for it and that also people were ready to get out of the house yeah yeah <laughs> so we're really thankful and that's an ongoing event so if any young adults are listening they can um look at we have like several events a week um starting this week and you can go to saint philip's website and look into that a little yeah. bit more i think especially in that age category mm. i remember when i was your age i just wanted to meet everybody mm. you know you of course you want you, you want business connections, you want friends, you know, people also maybe marriage minded or you just, you're at that age where you're, you're trying to figure out your life and mm, what you're going to do professionally <laughs> and uh, you can get married or you're not. And, uh, yeah. So I, I, I would, if I was your age now or a little bit older, I think I would find this very frustrating that there is a little bit of oh, a, yeah. a suppression of these events where you can, because you'll know, zoom in the same thing. I oh, mean, it you isn't. Be in, you it know, isn't. Pressing the flesh, you know? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you're, like you said, it's just the time where you're trying to figure out what you're doing with your life. And 
it's kind of hard when you're stuck at home. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So right. yeah, we were, and that's one of those things when you talk about that bishop's tweet that it's like, oh, that's kind of it hits you hard. You're like, gosh, that is going to be a problem, isn't it? But it is also remembering that there are people still wanting. They're coming. You know what I mean? So that was yeah. a good uh, balance, I guess you could say. Um, and then this Friday, going on the young adult and college um, theme, um, Zach Barton and I will have our second uh, show with Young and Present, which is a show geared towards young adults and college students. And kind of since we're both are in that age category to kind of walk with people and give it from our perspective, different challenges we have in this age. And um, we decided this show is going to be about a topic that is one of those things that we talk about a lot, but it really is so important and mm-hmm. that's prayer. Yeah. And how to like how to establish a good prayer life. What is prayer, especially as a young adult? What are the challenges and uh, how to overcome them to have a good prayer life? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a guest, um, Ryan Wiesna, who is a friend of both of ours that we met through St. Phillips, who is about to graduate from AM, I believe. And he um, also has a podcast with some of his friends. So um, he's just a great guy. And we're going to have this discussion together. So, yeah. I- yeah, prayer, I think, is something that people just don't believe. It, it seems too good mm. to be true that God cares about, you know, little right. me and of all the things that he has to do, so to speak, that he's really going to care, you know, about my, my little prayer request. Yeah. I, I spoke to a, a friend of mine whose daughter is going off to college, and she, I won't give too many details, but she she wanted to go to a, a particular Catholic, a good, good Catholic uh, college, and, but they just weren't able to afford it. And the, the daughter, they, they pretty much tried everything. Mm. And the daughter started doing novenas, you know, mm. because it just something miraculous had to happen. And they, right. they needed a certain amount of money to make it happen. And, uh, the, the president of the university ended up calling her mother and saying, Hey, we just had a breakthrough. We've got a little bit more, you know, money <gasps> wow. uh, that, that, and she's, and he's, he said, we, we, we basically have X number of dollars. And it was within like, Ten dollars of exactly what they needed, that's and so insane. and it's like, well, that, that that that's not a coincidence. That's prayer. I mean, that, and, that's and you beautiful. see, and, and I think if you pay attention, a lot of these things happen in our lives, and we're just so busy that we didn't notice that it was prayer. We thought it was just right, kind of right. like serendipitous or something. Yeah, and I, and a good prayer life, I think, is what separates your casual Christian to a true disciple, and. So we're going to have, I hope, a, a really beautiful discussion, hopefully, this Friday at 11. I almost said noon at 11 a.m. Yeah. So, yeah. I keep thinking uh, noon as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It takes a little getting used to. And that's Definitely. because the Bishop Strickland show yes. has started off. I do enjoy that. I hardly ever get to listen to anything mm. all the way through uh, because there's always these, these interruptions, you know, like life and calls and and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. Um, but anyways, it's a great show and it, it, it's, um, debuted a few weeks ago and it's every Friday at noon. All right. I want to mention a couple other things and, um, and, and, and this, this coming Saturday is the, uh, solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this, well, a couple, a couple of things it means is that we always get uh, solemnities off. It's one of the cool things in working in Catholic radio is, uh, that the, if there's a, like the Immaculate Conception or, you know, January 1st is a, is a holy day of obligation as, as is August 15th. If it falls into Saturday, we get Friday off. And so we're going to have Friday off. But this is a really neat, um, feast day solemnity because did you know that this was, uh, officially dogmatized, if that's a word, on, November 1st of 1950. You know, this wasn't very long ago, and this is one of only a couple of examples of papal infallibility. You think about, 
you know, like if you were Pope, you'd want to be making papal infallible decisions left and right, but it's actually quite rare. And I think this is one of the last ones that uh, done. So I think Friday morning on our, our GRN live show, we're going to talk about the assumption of Mary. And the other cool thing is uh, my, my wife and I are doing a, a consecration to Jesus through Our Lady, and it culminates on August 15th. We did one of these about seven years ago with the prayer, and it was, it was through our, you know, Our Lady of Fatima. The prayer was, we really wanted to have another child. And then almost nine months later, on May 13th, our son was born, and it was really, again, talking about prayer, it, it just was too coincidental that we would pray to Our Lady of Fatima to bless us with a child and culminate on August 15th and nine months later on May 13th, on her feast day, uh, the Lady of Fatima, our, our, our son comes along. So anyways, um, I hope you have a great feast day, and I also want to mention that I mentioned to uh, Leslie a moment ago about my the talk that I recorded last week called The Joy of Hope, and that's going to be the CD that's given away during our Fall share which is going to be September 15th to 18th. It's about five weeks away, but just always appreciate you keeping in mind supporting Catholic Radio and the work that we do here. And so do we have one more car that wants to get on before we go? Okay, let's go to Gilbert. And again, I don't know if we have time for another caller, but, you know, hey, all things are possible. 877-757-9424. Gilbert um, is going to talk about, it looks like masks. Hi, Gilbert. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling. What, 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 what did you want to say? Uh, so, um, yeah, I was on the road when I was uh, on the way back home from doing some grocery shopping. Yeah. But uh, at, at the beginning, you were talking about the mask and COVID. And, and so, I, uh, like I told the, the screener, I didn't know if you were still on the topic. But Yeah, sure. But I wanted to share with you was yesterday I caught part of a program on TV about the Cherokee Nation and the toll that COVID-19 had on them. And for one, they lack a lot of the medical services and clean water. Um, So one of the things that they got was uh, they got a lot of masks and they got uh, clean water and curfews. And uh, so they were able to flatten the curve. And so... From my point of view, uh, masks do work and curfews do work. Um, For them, they were able to flatten the curb. I'm pretty sure that if we were to follow the same kind of rules and procedures that we would certainly be able to flatten the curve as well. Let me uh, you know, thank you for for your comment Gilbert I appreciate it. Um when it comes to flattening the curve, now that to me that meant to kind of so that the spike kind of levels out and you have more of a plateau where it's starting to go down. My understanding is that, and tell me if, if you do not think this is true, is that per, we pretty much have flattened the curve national, nationally and, uh, and even statewide. W- would you say that? Because I, I thought that's what, what the goal was originally, but you very rarely hear anybody talking about flattening the curve anymore. Okay. So I, I couldn't tell you specifically what's, um, what's going on in our country. Because you hear that uh, some of the figures are, are not right and things are not being reported the way they, they should be. And so I try to not tune into our local news that much like I used to uh, at the onset of this uh, pandemic. But I'm, I'm just letting you know what I heard. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, and uh, there's, there are people who are still very uh, set in their ways and they're thinking, no, I don't need to wear a mask. This is not going to affect me. And then eventually, and you hear this in the news once in a while, the people will say, oh, yeah, well, I, now I, I changed my ways because before 
I didn't think that the mask was really necessary. And now that I got it and I recovered, I'm telling everybody, hey, it works. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think uh, I think from my perspective, it's a, it's an issue of trust. I think if the in in my opinion, the media has given us a lot of reasons over the last you know, gosh, who knows how long where they 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 just they, we 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 don't trust the media. We don't really trust uh, authority all that much anymore. And so when something comes along and they. They, they do say that, hey, wearing a mask, you know, makes a lot of sense. And most people are doing it. I, you know, when I go into Walmart or something, it looks like about 100% of the people are, are wearing masks. But I, I think the ones who are resisting it are doing it because they don't trust. And I, I played a clip last week. I'm not sure if you heard it, Gilbert, where back in March, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci basically said during an outbreak, the, the masks don't do any good. And then about a month later, he changed his mind on that. And we're like, I wait, heard about wait, that. Yep. yeah, wait, wait a second. I mean, they either work or they don't. I mean, it's not like some new, you know, protective device that you know, just got invented. And so that, that kind of thing, you know, makes, makes people say, hmm, well, is maybe there's some other thing going on. But anyways, I appreciate your comment. I was not aware of the Cherokee Nation and uh, the curfews and that, but I, I definitely think it's, it's a, it's a topic that we can have a, a variety of opinions on. And I, I appreciate you calling. All right. I just want to share that with y'all. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Dave. Okay, God bless you. Thanks, Gilbert, for calling in. And that is going to bring us to a point where we cannot take any more calls. So just tell all those other people calling Cecil (laughs) right now that, sorry, we can't do it. And uh, so don't forget, 11 o'clock this Friday is Young and Present, uh, number two with uh, Cecil and uh, her co-host, why do I always forget his name? Zach Barton. <laughs> Zach Barton. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's see. And coming up here in a few minutes, uh, we are going to hear uh, from Peter Blute, uh, who's the National Vice President of the Young Catholic Professionals, and uh, his guest, Michael Depressed. And they're going to be talking about reverence at Mass. And I think it ties into what I was talking about earlier in that tweet from Bishop Tobin and young people. Do you, do you find that, by the way? And I'd like you to jump in on this conversation as sure. well. That, And again, it's a, it's a broad brush we're painting with, but... And, and maybe your friends might be a, a certain ilk, but uh, young people in general like the reverence or, uh, you know, at the Mass and they like the more f- kind of formal Mass? Or, or what, what's your thoughts? That's a, that's a good question. I have a variety of friends who, you know, don't care as much. They kind of moderate, you know, they yeah. not really, you know, full on rock band kind of Mass. That's not really their thing, you know, but uh, and I have a lot of friends who love the Latin Mass. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have a variety, but I think generally, I think this age group does lean more towards traditional, yeah. um, very reverent masses, which I also love. Yeah. So. I remember, uh, I haven't been to an NBA game in, mm. in, I mean, literally like 25 years, but I remember going there and there was so much else going on and yeah. so, so many, and I, and I made it, it, it crossed my mind. I was like, they must not think the, the game itself is entertaining enough because mm-hmm. they're always like throwing stuff up in like shirts and there's all these different things and people getting out in the court during timeouts and there's all these other ways that they're entertaining that it made me think less of the actual game because right. I was like, if you've got to go this far to do all these other to things to entertain me. Yeah. And so I think some of that may apply to, 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 it's certainly in my mind, it's like the mass is the mass. I mean, it is. We, we don't need <laughs> we a don't lot need of much other. else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the mass speaks for itself. Okay, well, thanks, Cecil, and uh, thanks, everybody, for the calls. Um, uh, um, Leslie and, and I think Gilbert was was the gentleman's name that called a moment ago. Appreciate that call. And uh, I want to say also, we have a new sponsor. In fact, uh, I think 
uh, Sissel has lined up the spot that he just recorded this morning. Uh, Larry Lenson with Catholic Life Insurance, along with David Walker, our, our newest sponsor. And Larry's been on before with his own insurance, but now they, they're teamed up with Catholic Life Insurance. And maybe you've never heard of them. They've got an office in Farmer's Branch. And I want to encourage you, and you're also going to hear a new spot uh, from Sacred Heart Books and Gifts. You know, like most um, small businesses, they've been you know, kind of closed and then they're doing curbside service and they're doing a lot of other things. And so they're, you know, kind of rolling with the changes. And so please support our sponsors. When you hear something on the air, we really at least get, if nothing else, call them and say, thank you for being a sponsor. When I need your service, I'm going to, I'm going to use you, uh, cause they really do need your help, especially during this time. All right. So quick break and we'll come back with the YCP segment of the program right after this. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for Rosary Missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Hello, this is Larry Lenzen. David Walker and I represent Catholic Life Insurance in the North Texas area and are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio and KATH 910 AM. We'd like the opportunity to explain the different insurance and retirement products offered by Catholic Life Insurance. If you have questions about your life insurance or retirement savings, we can be reached at our Catholic Life office by calling 972-484-3000. That's 972-484-3000. Thank you. This is Joseph Pierce, author of Literature, What Every Catholic Should Know. I'm excited to also teach high school literature for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. Your student can meet with me and fellow students online for a live interactive class. Whether you take literature with me, debate with Kevin O'Brien, or Latin with Emily Henry, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, Catholic online learning is available now for your family. Sacred Heart Books and Gifts is a longtime sponsor of KATH 910AM, and they are now open to the public with their regular business hours, but are still offering mailing and curbside service for your safety and convenience. Check out their limited-time annual summer sale, located in a dedicated area as well as specially marked items throughout the store. You can also check out their website for updates and virtual shopping photos at sacredheartdallas.com. They're located on the northwest corner of Campbell and Coit Roads in far north Dallas. Hi, this is Dave Palmer with a reminder to download the Guadalupe Radio Network app on your smartphone. It's very simple to do, and once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to a crystal clear signal of this station, KTH 910AM, 24 hours a day, anywhere you are. If you have any questions about our app or need help setting it up on your phone, contact me through email, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Are you looking for a place to donate your gently used clothing to but are unable to drop them off at one of our locations? Worry not. The St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Store can help. We have over 40 donation bins available throughout the DFW Metroplex. Find one near you today by visiting our website and for a complete list of acceptable items at svdpdallas.org slash shop. That's svdpdallas.org slash shop. And remember, whether you are shopping or donating, you are giving at the St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Stores. All right, we're back. And this is the Good News Show. It is 
Monday, August 10th. Uh, we are in the 19th week in Ordinary Time, I think so. Feast Day of St. Lawrence. Wow, so much good stuff going on. 877-757-9424. If you go to youngcatholicprofessionals.org, you can find... The website of the Young Catholic Professionals, Working in Witness for Christ, is their motto, and they are doing some great things. It was founded by Jen Baum many years ago, founder and national executive director, and she comes on occasionally, as does her national vice president, Peter Blute, uh, who joins us now and also has uh, brought a friend along with him, uh, um, uh, Michael Deprest. I hope I pronounced that uh, name right. So let's first of all bring on Peter Blute. How you doing, Peter? Good afternoon. Hi, Dave. Doing really well. It's always good to uh, be back on here with you. Yeah, I miss you guys being in studio, but I know this is uh, the next best thing, and technology allows us to still do a show with you on the phone, So, and the signal sounds good, so praise God for that. Um, Peter, before we uh, bring Michael on, uh, is there anything uh, YCP in general related that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Yeah, we have some really exciting news. Uh, many of our listeners who've been following YCP know that over the last couple of years, um, YCP has grown pretty significantly, launching new chapters in cities across the country. And this year, we're, or this week, we're especially excited because on uh, the 13th, on Thursday evening, we're actually launching our 22nd chapter. That's going to be our YCP St. Louis chapter in oh, wow. Missouri. And uh, typically these would be in-person events, but given um, the restrictions on in-person events, we decided to push forward with an online event. So what's exciting about that is that all of your listeners here can actually join us online to celebrate as part of that launch. Um, We're very, very privileged to be able to host um, uh, virtually His Eminence um, Cardinal Timothy Dolan from the um, Archdiocese of New York who will be dialing in virtually um, to to um, share some of his his uh, reflections with us. So we're excited about that on Thursday. And if um, your listeners are interested, they can go to ycpstlouis.org, ycpstlouis.org. You can also um, go to youngcatholicprofessionals.org. We have an events calendar there, and you can see that event in RSVP to get the, the – uh, the dial-in information. So really excited to have our 22nd chapter join join us online. Yeah, it's nice to see that the growth continues even under the, the current circumstances. And, you know, I'm actually a little surprised. I'm glad that St. Louis is on, but it's a, it's a really Catholic city. And, you know, of course, named after a great Catholic saint. Uh, uh, and, and so I'm sure that those are going to, it's going to be really well received. And so, all right, that, that is just awesome. Number 22 is, uh, is, is getting ready to launch on Thursday. They can, uh, ycpstlouis.org or you can go to youngcatholicprofessionals.org as well. And what, what time does that begin, Peter? That's going to begin at 6.30 central. Okay. 6.30 central. All right. And, Okay, so 6.30 Central, and why don't you go ahead and introduce the guest. I love the topic. I'll just say that you sent me an email, and you said we're going to talk about reverence in the Mass and how it's actually so good for young people who are searching like you and I were. I think you're referring to—I know reverence certainly brought me into full participation in the Catholic Church, and I guess you've got your story as well. But go ahead and introduce our guest, if you would, Peter. Excellent. So I'm very excited to be joined today by Michael the Priest. Um, Michael and I have recently come to know one another better through um, 
both our work with young Catholic professionals. So uh, Michael is actually joining um, uh, in, in a part-time role with YCP um, on our national staff as a national support coordinator. So we're really excited to have Michael joining. Um, he is uh, here in the Dallas area typically, though like many of us, he's uh, um, virtual, at least for now, um, just given some of the ability we have now to travel and to work from anywhere. So, um, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, good afternoon. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah, excellent. And, and yeah, Mike, Mike. Yeah, and I was going to say, Michael, as I mentioned earlier in the program, is from. Uh, well, he, he and I go to the same parish. I don't see you very often, Michael. We must be going to different masses. Uh, and of course, with everything with COVID, everything's a little uh, upside down. But it's uh, we had met um, through a mutual friend. Uh, gosh, probably at least a year ago uh, there. So it's it's good to uh, hear your voice to somebody that I know. But go ahead, Peter. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I usually uh, I think we met last fall. Um, we, it was during a parish event. Um, normally I'll go to the 1030, um, kind of the high mass. Um, but yeah, um, that's usually the mass that I'll go to. Yeah, and, and um, Dave, Michael and I were just uh, talking recently in the last week or so, just more about the, the mass and, and this um, amazing gift that we're given in the mass. And I think we've come to appreciate that even more as it's been uh, sort of, in a sense, taken away from us our ability to participate in person in the Mass as often or as readily as we have in the past. But Michael and I were just talking a bit more about about how the reverence of the Mass and the solemnness of it is, is just so critical. And we've seen that through our experience with YCP as well, um, that, you know, historically, in the last handful of decades in the Church here in the U.S. at least, there's there's been this sense that we need to kind of make the Mass more exciting or uh, make it maybe more more fun or offer people more, I hate to say it, but almost like as a, a sense of entertainment, um, as a, a incentive to come to Mass. But I do think that um, young people today are, are really looking for something that is apart from what they experience in the culture and in the world in general. And um, there's so much that the culture today offers that's so base or mediocre. There's these kind of sense, especially now with so much uncertainty, that um, that there isn't too many things that really elevate our minds, that elevate our eyes back to God. Um, and the Mass is really meant to do just just that. It's, it's our ability to participate in the sacrifice that goes on at the Mass, um, but it's also meant to elevate our entire being towards God. And so, um, Michael, I, I'd love to kind of open this up to you. I, I know you've recently had um, uh, a, a series of really powerful experiences, um, really returning to the faith. Perhaps you could tell us just a little bit about that, um, and then we can talk a little bit more about, about the Mass as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and keep it really concise. So I was born and raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through 12th grade in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, made my way to Texas A&M for college, um, started falling into really worldly lifestyles, but still trying to call myself Catholic. And then it was through a really, really big wake-up call and adoration. Um, I owed the Blessed Mother um, 
and a debt I can never repay her. Um, but just a very, you know, God shocked me. He, he, he struck fear into me. And like a good father, he said, you know, you're, you're not on the right road right now. And so that was the start of a, my conversion, like my real conversion. Um, not just that superficial Catholic relationship that we sometimes kind of fall into with God, but just that real deep conversion of heart. And then just throughout my time at, at A&M, um, God just drew me closer and closer and deeper into relationship with him. Um, and kind of fall of 2018, um, you know, there's some incredible Catholic communities in, in College Station, but something that the Holy Spirit kind of really put on my mind was like, something's just not right, something's missing. And that was kind of a process of turning to church tradition, the church fathers, the saints, the traditional mass, and just really, really digging deep. And that was when it was just kind of shown to me, um, just like, wow, there's there's so much that we're missing nowadays, in whether it's the mass or in tradition, that you know we either we just weren't told or we weren't catechized or we weren't formed, and it's just it's so necessary for every Catholic, young and old, to know these things nowadays. And you know whether it's just buried um, and forgotten, it's just we need to bring it back. But one story I'd love to share is um, I was dating a woman at the time and was driving back on a Sunday. I was like, well, crud, I haven't been to mass yet, and found a six o'clock mass at the parish that are we allowed to say our parish on there? I don't. Oh know yeah, sure, of now. course. Okay. So there's a there's a six o'clock mass at St. Mary the Virgin, and I was like, oh, perfect. You know, I got home, changed really quickly into church clothes, and um, went to St. Mary's, and, you know, I walked in and was like, oh, this is a traditional parish. Like, uh, and I didn't know how to process it. I was like, okay, we'll go with it. And to just sum it up, I was completely blown away by the solemnness of the mass. It wasn't like, you know, this quote-unquote emotionalism that we often encounter with you know, our quote-unquote worship of Christ nowadays. But I was just blown away about, you know, like, whoa, this is the Mass. You know, and I was really privileged to be a Benedictine who's now my spiritual director um, at that Mass. And, you know, through our conversations over the last year, he's really shown me, and, and especially with, with Mass, it's just Mass is not what we think of as a celebration. It's, it's called the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for a reason, and it's solemn for a reason. And what, you know, was kind of given to me in prayer before this was, you know, we humans and Catholics, we often think that, okay, you know, let's, let's do this thing. This is how we think God should be worshipped. But in reality, it's how does God want to be worshipped? Mm. And, you know, um, earlier it was said, you know, it's a form of entertainment. And it's, you hit it right on, you know, oftentimes it becomes worshiptainment. And, um, you know, we, we think, oh, it has to be fun or it has to be like, you know, engaging and it's true, you know, we have to be engaging, but the mindset that I've really come to, um, I guess the Holy Spirit's really given is we come to Mass to say thank you out of that love for Christ for dying for us. And, you know, each Sunday, you know, if you're ever able to Google it, just Google like an image of a priest holding up the consecrated host, but imagine the, the cross of Christ and that his blood literally pouring and dripping onto the host in the chalice. And then you'll understand that the Mass is Calvary all over again, you know. It's solemn, you know, we're not we're not coming to Calvary with, you know, kind of this, um, my, my spiritual director says the word goombaya, and I don't know if that's appropriate to say, but like, you know, we're not, we're not coming for worship payment. We're coming to say like, this is solemn. Like this is, this is beautiful, but this is like, we have to remember the price that was shed for our, our eternal salvation. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of like the solemnness of the masses. It just, you know, it, it wakes us up. It gives us like a, a, a reality check. And so that's kind of like, for me, you know, the, the solemnness is like, wow, like you, you start to understand the seriousness of it all and, and like what Christ has endured for our salvation. 
Yeah, I, I love what, what you said there, Michael, that we, we come to say thank you. And I think many times um, we've sort of in, inherited this idea or been taught this idea that that there, the Mass is about is about us or it's about the priest, um, but it's really about neither of those. It's about Jesus Christ and it's about the sacrifice that, that takes place on the altar during Mass. And I was just thinking about, um, you know, what just, it's kind of a small example, but, you know, for example, often we um, kind of as a congregation, we, we may clap to show some kind of approval during the mass. And um, I'm, I, I just immediately start to think of like a football game, like we're clapping for, to show some kind of approval, but it, it really starts to make the mass into something that becomes on par with watching or attending a football game versus something that should be much more elevated and set apart. Um, and, and we, we say amen to, to show our agreement, to show our conviction um, many times throughout the mass. And, and I just wonder if, if we were to take, take that out or, you know, individually decide you know, I'm going to think amen in different situations rather than sort of showing showing my applause or showing um, my my approval for some other kind of worldly comment that may happen during Mass. It really would help, I think, set us apart to keep that solemn mindset throughout Mass so that we don't find these worldly distractions um, pulling us away from that during that uh, experience of the Mass. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of good intentions. I think it's very, like, it's written into us to want to, you know, have that appreciation. We have that clapping as a sign of, like, hey, I appreciate this, or wow, let's celebrate this. But I think when we do those things, it's very human. And, you know, we, we often forget the divine nature of the Mass, and, like, there's so much that we can't necessarily comprehend, and, um, you know, if there's a lot of saints and mystics who have actually experienced, you know, Jesus Christ in, in ecstasy, like St. Gemma Galgani or some of the other mystics. Um, and what St. Gemma describes in the Eucharist, is she says she felt like she was on fire. And, you know, if, if we were permitted to feel, you know, the actual presence of the Eucharist, our faces would be on the floor, like we would be lying prostrate, like, you know, that that is how unspeakably holy, like, the Eucharist is. And so, you know, we have to keep in mind, like, if, if we're permitted to experience things like some of the saints were, and, you know, we just, it, it suddenly becomes a little bit clear of like, oh, wow, you know, you understand like, you know, the, the divine nature of the mass requires like complete solemnness. It requires like complete respect, complete reverence, complete awe, complete piety. And, you know, there's certain things like clapping, you know, if, if we were to experience what St. Gemma experienced with, with this, like she says, she describes it as this on fire sensation then we would probably think like, whoa, okay, that's probably not appropriate. And so um, I felt called to share this with, with everyone, but there's a prayer at the end of the litany of the precious blood, um, but it says, Almighty and everlasting God, who has appointed thine only begotten Son to be the Redeemer of the world, and has been pleased to be reconciled unto us by his blood, grant us, we beseech thee, so to venerate with solemn worship the price of our salvation, that's the power thereof may here on earth keep us from all things hurtful, and the fruits of the same man gladness forever hereafter in heaven, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. And I just, I really like that line that says, so to venerate with solemn worship the price of our salvation. 
it just it really conveys the seriousness of, of the of the passion of Christ and that, you know, if we're gonna come to Calvary, we're we're not coming with, with this kind of like uh it's it's not a I don't want to say joy, um, because there's joy in knowing that we are God, God has purchased our salvation with his passion and his blood. But it, it's not that kind of like um I don't know. I don't know the word to describe it, but it, it's a different kind of. It's like a solemn joy, yeah. but it's also sorrow in that. And um, but I, I think it's just if we can. It's 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 not that we're taking God and adjusting Him to us. It's we have to adjust to God and adapt to say like, okay, I understand where God's coming from on this. I understand where I have to meet Him. You know, um, and I think a lot of us with with our interpretation of the Mass is like you know, oh, I'm bored, or like, oh, you know, that doesn't fit me, or like, you know, oh, like, it's, it's, it's not entertaining, entertaining, it's not fun, and that's actually correct, it's not supposed to be entertaining and fun, you know, like, the Lord was, I, I, correct me, this is incorrect or improper to say, but, you know, his passion was, you can't even describe it as fun, it was agony, it was grueling, it was horrible, and, you know, when we go to Mass, we're called to kind of reflect and remember on that, so, yeah, even that word veneration, right, Michael? I mean, that, that word is so rarely used now. It's not really part of our vernacular now um, to to really embrace what that means as you articulated in the in that prayer so beautifully, that beautiful prayer. Yeah, I also think about the how the Mass really is, is um, engages many times all of our senses, and I think that helps to establish that solemnness and that reminder that this is an opportunity to venerate. Um, you know, you think of the the incense and beautiful music and the beauty that we experience through um, through the space that we're in, through the cross that's or the crucifix that's that's on or behind the altar, constantly drawing our eyes. Um, and uh, I just think of, of like the, the vigil mass during Easter, which involves, you know, the, the lights and fire and incense and music and that incorporating our, our sort of entire selves so that you, you almost can't draw your mind away from what's happening in the mass. And while every mass may not have all of those components, um, I do think there's something so wonderful and beautiful about that, that, um, that we so rarely experience elsewhere in the world that really draws our entire being in. And, and I think it's also worth, worth adding here that, you know, for many, the, the more traditional Latin mass um, really, um, they really would, would rather choose to attend that mass. I, I still think, I mean, I, I, my wife and I actually don't, don't often attend the Latin Mass, but I grew up with the Novus Ordo Mass um, being uh, celebrated in Latin, <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of got a little bit of both of both worlds growing up. And there's something wonderful about the Latin. I also think that the Novus Ordo Mass can can still be experienced in that in that way. It is still the Mass, um, and there are ways that we can internally help to develop our disposition. I think when we're um, coming into Mass, for example, and it can still be a very, very deep, a very, very solemn experience. Um, but I think that interior disposition coming into Mass is so important. 
Yeah, uh, Peter and Michael, I just wanted to give you an update. We got about two minutes left in the segment. This has really been a, a fascinating, uh, I don't know if fascinating is the right word, but a really interesting and, and needed conversation. And I want to give each of y'all a little bit of time to uh, to wrap things up. But uh, I just want to let everybody know this is the, the Young Catholic Professional segment of the Good News Show. Every second Monday we do this. Peter Blute is their National Vice President. Michael DePriest uh, has been the guest. And um, you can go to youngcatholicprofessionals.org for more information and also that Thursday evening event uh, from St. Louis that'll begin at 6.30 Central Time. Uh, Peter, why don't you go ahead and wrap it up, and Michael, any last comments? I just want to give you guys an idea of uh, how much time. I think we got about a minute and a half left, so no no hurry. <laughs> but go ahead, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. No, I think just to bring it full circle here, you know, what Michael and I have both experienced and, and some of what we've talked about here today is that young people are looking for something that is different than what they're receiving out in the world, out in the culture, out in their workplaces, in their lives today. And so the Mass, in its solemnness, teaching about that, um, helping to cultivate that in our parishes, working with our pastors and our priests to do so, I, I think is so important and um, can be used as a, a tool for evangelization. And so um, our experience has been that young people are, are looking for that, they appreciate that, and it can be such a wonderful way to to invite them back into communion with the faith. Michael, any final thoughts on your end? Yeah, I think for me, I grew up totally Nova Sordo. Um, didn't have that huge conversion till college. Found more traditional mass. St. Mary the Virgin's mass is a little different. It's um, kind of an English rite, um, but it was, it's part of the ordinariate. But is brought in under Saint, uh, sorry, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Um, so I definitely relate to you with you know. And I still go to some Novus Ordo masses. Um, like I really, I love you know St. Michael's in Bedford. Um, just it was close to my house, and then the community was great too. But I think for me, it's just um, even at um, St. Mary's in College Station, um, a for- previous spiritual director of mine, he just the way he celebrated the mass was just with total reverence and respect and love. And you could hear it when he was consecrating. He would just he would pause. He would be so slow with his words, and it just you could feel like the grace in that. Um, but I think it's just. You know, us as the youth, we're hungry for love. We're hungry for truth. You know, the world is sick. It, it needs healing. It's, there's so many lies and deceits and untruths to the devil out there. And it, it has never been more important in our lives to grow close with Christ and the Blessed Mother and to stay close to Mother Church. And, um, you know, once, once we are given that grace of our eyes being open to the truth, of God's truth, and seeing that nothing compares to it, then everything just makes sense. Um, and just, you know, if, if anything I could leave with anyone is just stay close with the Blessed Mother. She'll, she's the best. She's the surest. She's the easiest. She's the safest way to Jesus. All the saints say the same thing. That's actually what they say. But uh, if you haven't and if you've never heard of it, um, give her green scapular a try. And uh, look up brown scapular miracles if you ever get a chance, and they'll blow your mind. Just uh, trust the Blessed Mother and her rosary and her scapular, and she will change your life and uh, will help you get so close with Jesus. Mm. Wow. Awesome. Peter, thanks so much. Michael, thank you. Great segment. Uh, a lot uh, to, to digest there and really appreciate uh, this segment. It's It's been awesome. And I will say, you know, when I saw Michael in church the first time, he just, uh, his whole demeanor really brings other people and young people, especially when you when you take the, the, the ceremony, the mass seriously, it's a witness. It really is powerful, especially for a young person. All right. Thanks so much. God bless you. YoungCatholicProfessionals.org is the website. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATA. 9 10 a.m. on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
The best outfit to wear during a global pandemic? How about the armor of God? Come spend time in safe distance fashion with the North Texas Catholic Brothers for Christ at their annual Expiritus Conference on Saturday, September 26th. The conference takes place at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller from 8 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. The keynote speaker is Father James Flynn, Gulf War veteran and now Catholic priest. The event includes fellowship, adoration, and reconciliation. To register, visit CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. Hello, my name is Mari Buford, owner of Buford Roofing and Construction and a former player with the Super Bowl champion Chicago Bears. My wife and I are members of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Grapevine and longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Buford Roofing provides residential and commercial roofing repairs and total replacements. We can be reached at 817-329-ROOF or online at bufordroofing.com. Have a wonderful day. 